Now, what does a doctor think of cigars? I don't think all cigars were created equal. Um, the fermentation process that a cigar undergoes is critical in making sure that the cigar contains very, 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 very little, if no carcinogens, uh, otherwise known as nitrosamines. I'm not going to get into the whole biology of the tobacco leaf because I, actually I will. I'm going to try to keep it simple so that I can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And so I can understand it and all the, the viewers as well. Um, you know, tobacco leaves, when they're green, they're alive, right? They have chlorophyll. They're full of ammonia, which is basically nitrogen-based. Um, if, if you know what ammonia is, it's the same stuff found in Windex, right? You've all... If you, have you ever walked into a fermentation room and smelled the ammonia in the room? Okay, beautiful. So Yes, very strong. <laughs> but that's great that you've experienced it. If, if I say this, the cigar industry, the true cigar masters, are the ones that really focus on everything that happens before a cigar is rolled. And that's a luxury. Because it requires a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of patience. The cigar industry was really created and built off of this foundation that you're smoking a cigar that is that contains tobacco that is three, four, five years plus fermented and aged. Now, what that does is it eliminates all the, uh, I don't want to use fancy words, all the things that make a cigar taste bad, ammonia being one of the primary ones. Now, when you eliminate ammonia from a tobacco leaf, the nicotine stays. There's still nicotine in the tobacco leaf. Mm -hmm. But here's the interesting thing about nicotine is nicotine in the absence of ammonia doesn't absorb in the human body. So I'll give you an example. If, if we take nicotine and we introduce ammonia, the nicotine molecule becomes very volatile and highly reactive, and it's easy to absorb by the mucosa and your you know, bring, uh, breathing airways, right? like the alveoli when you go all the way down. Cigarette companies buy 50 million gal gallons of ammonia each year specifically to spray on tobacco before the cigarettes are made so that the nicotine is absorbed much more effectively. So like they do this premeditated, right? So what the FDA, and I've had the privilege of writing letters to the FDA, to the Department of Health and Human Services, to the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine, the Center for Disease Control, NIH. And what was beautiful is that all the articles that I quoted were NIH, National Institute of Health articles, describing what the cigarette industry does and what traditional premium cigar manufacturers do. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. We spend years removing the ammonia from tobacco so that we can deliver a product that is really a one hour to hour and a half journey of just enjoying good flavors. I mean, think if, if you were to if you were to gauge cigar makers as businessmen, you would say they're not pretty smart. Because we don't make something that's addictive. You know what we're addicted to? We're addicted to the relaxation that this gives us. I've never met somebody that's addicted to cigars. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was trying to that was one of the questions that kind of came up in the last couple of weeks from for somebody who's completely oblivious to cigars you're like well cigars are addictive and then somebody else came forward and said like no they're not <laughs> and and so it was, it was hard for them to kind of because it's like as a society it's like i think we're, we're we're taught one blanket statement you know one blanket thing about tobacco and you know and you're taught or and they do a really good job about teaching you what i guess what makes cigarettes so bad for you and addictive but then that gets applied to everything, you know. Cigars are, uh, first of all, it's the usage patterns. Let's be real. You don't inhale a cigar. If you do, you got a problem. Somebody needs to sit you down and talk to you, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> but um, you don't inhale them. Very few people retrohale them, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, and if you look at it, when you're paying 8, 10, 12, 15, 30 bucks a cigar, it's a... I mean, I, I could go in here and talk about the statistics of usage patterns, you know, one to two cigars a month, average age is 27. I could bore everybody. But the truth of the matter is that a premium cigar is, and the analogy of, has been made over and over with wine. Uh, unfortunately, wine is ingested, right? It goes into the system. It, it is a good analogy, but we don't really ingest a cigar. We're puffing on it. We're blowing the air out. Um, we do it for flavor. We do it for relaxation, for enjoyment. When you look at a cigarette, if you smoke a cigarette, your peripheral blood vessels, I'm talking the hands and the feet, the smallest blood vessels in the body are the hands, the feet, the back, your, the skin on your back, mm -hmm. your kidneys and your eyes, right? The smallest blood vessels in the body. If, if you know diabetics, what's the first thing they have problems with? Is their kidneys, their feet, their eyes, right? Mm -hmm. And when you smoke a cigarette, they've done studies doing ultrasound, and they, they do notice that after smoking a cigarette, peripheral blood vessels vasoconstrict for up to 15 minutes, meaning that the, the blood vessels on, at the periphery are, are closed or have closed 50%, maybe even more. So what happens is that all the blood that you have in your body, your system goes to your core. That drives blood pressure up. That drives the risk of heart attack up. That drives uh, atherosclerosis, hardening of the arteries. Would you believe that a freaking cigar does the exact opposite? Wow. A cigar causes... Depending the obviously you're not going to be at a rock concert smoking a cigar, but most cigar smokers experience relaxation. How many times have you seen a photo on social media of a guy sleeping in a cigar shop? <laughs> <laughs> right. I saw one a couple of weeks just maybe yeah. just last week. So cigar smoking does 
calm you down, brings your heart rate down, your blood pressure down, relaxes you, and does the opposite effect. Why? Because there's no nicotine. The nicotine isn't being absorbed by the human body. Now, one thing I'm a huge advocate of is whenever you're smoking a cigar, make sure you're in a well-ventilated area. Mm-hmm. I don't care what type of smoke it is. And I'm not saying, oh, secondary smoke is going to kill you. It's not. Because the Native American Indians proved us wrong many times. And I'll go into that. Because tobacco smoke is kills pathogens in the air. That's why the Native American Indians, would, the medicine man, would go in the teepee and light tobacco leaves when somebody was sick because what they were doing was cleansing the room. They may have thought it was spirits, but in essence, they've done studies, but any bacteria or viruses or other pathogens that were airborne would be killed by the tobacco smoke that was in the air. So that's why tobacco smoke is seen as, in many third world countries, as a ritual for healing or talking to the gods because they saw miracles happening with the tobacco smoke. But nonetheless... I don't see cigar smoking as bad. What I I know this is this sounds so cliche, but the number one killer in America is diet, people's diet, what they eat, the lack of exercise. If 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 you could cut back on anything, stop taking in so much sugar. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Uh, I did a research uh, paper. In 2018, uh, I literally researched all the cigar factory owners that have passed away in the past 50 years. And I, there was actually three of them that are still alive. Heinrich Villiger is one of them, still living. But I looked at everybody. Um, I wish I had the list off the top of my head, but you know, Don Carlos, and I mentioned his name with great pride because the Fuente family has opened so many doors for so many people. If you look at the age that all these men passed away at, it was in the in their 80s. You, you, you look at, you know, Mr. Padron Reyes Sr., you go down the list and it's like the average age of death of The 27 cigar factory owners that I looked at was, are you ready for this? 87 years of age. How is that possible when the average age of death of a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant male is 72? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Like, And I, I submitted that paper to every federal agency I could. And I guarantee you, they looked at it and they were just, yeah, we don't need this. We don't, we don't want to look at that. (laughs) But there there are facts, and then there are facts, you know. And mind you, in the paper, I wrote about how these people lived in Nicaragua, in Honduras, in Mexico, in the Dominican Republic, in places where healthcare is shit. So you're going to tell me that these people that lived in third world countries, they didn't have access to the Baptist health system or the Mayo Clinic or some fancy clinic. No, man. Not at all. There's two things that kill people. Bad diet and stress. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things you got to avoid. Yeah, so, yeah. 
as a doctor, uh, I'm of the opinion that cigars are not bad for you. I'm of the opinion that your lifestyle, apart from cigars, should be evaluated before you start pointing a finger at traditional premium cigars that are made in the way that they've been made for the past hundred years, properly fermented, properly aged. Uh, Whether the blends or the flavors, that's a different story. When I say flavors, I'm talking natural flavors. It could be a good blend. It could be a bad blend, but you got to get the fermentation and the aging done right to get rid of all those impurities because if you have a if you make a cigar, you rush a cigar to market, and it's still got ammonia in it, you're going to get that kick, and you're going to know you're getting that kick because the second you light that cigar, 15 minutes later, you got to go to the bathroom. It's the it's it's the nicotine that's in your system, and it's making you want to go. It's it it causes what's called the gastric colon stimulator. Nicotine and caffeine are gastric colon stimulators, so. That's why quality cigars, when you walk into a store and you look at a cigar and you're like, that's 30 bucks. Bullshit. I'm not buying that. There's a difference between a $20, $30 cigar and a $5 cigar or a $6 cigar. Now, I'm not going to, I don't want to ruffle feathers in that price point. There are people that make great cigars. We do. We make a great $5 cigar, but the tobacco's four years aged. You have to find out how the tobacco was fermented and how it was aged. And that's why it's so important. You can have a great sales for selling cigars and, you know, you get great bookkeeping reports at the end of each month. But if you are in the cigar business because you truly love the nature of what traditional premium cigars are, I think we overlook a lot what our sales are month to month. We know when our company is healthier, when it's time to, you know, pick it up a little bit. But you can't run a cigar business like looking at Excel sheets every day. You cannot do that because this this product here has a mind of its own. It really does. When you're when it's it's like trying to rush. Uh, you can't rush certain things, Antoine. You just can't. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> you know? Um, tell us, like, about this the latest cigar that you just released. That's a – wow. Just so you know, if we don't talk about our cigars, I don't mind. <laughs> but, oh, no, I just I, I want people to hear it. So, look, last uh, – two years ago, we closed our factory in Honduras. We got slammed by two – major hurricanes and a pandemic and our operations were not large enough to withstand those types of pressures. Um, The latest cigar that we released was a cigar that I was trying to make in Honduras for about two and a half years and getting the binder and the filler tobaccos in Honduras was possible. I could never get the wrapper tobacco. I couldn't get it. It wasn't accessible to me. And there was a few, uh, suppliers of leaf tobacco that stopped selling us tobacco because we had ironically in three or four years had received multiple nominations from cigar journal who's been a great advocate of our company and our family and our cigars but instantly after our third year another nomination 
A week after, they stopped supplying us tobacco. I don't know why they would do that. I mean, there's room for everybody in this industry. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually kind of glad that they did because um, I'm not smoking that cigar now, but I wanted to create a puro, a cigar that was binder filler wrapper from the same country. When I reached out to Frank Herrera, who's our industry, our company's lawyer, right? And I, I told Frank, hey, Frank, look, this is what's going on. This is what I need to do. This is what we're trying to achieve. I said to him, I need a factory where tobacco acquisition is not a problem. I need a factory with a reputation that is solid. I need a factory that has, I needed the factory to, I was looking for a new partner. I needed a factory with a family that had integrity, a business that had uh, the types of ethics that I was accustomed to and the way we were raised as a family and me as a man. And when it came to tobacco, um, the name La Aurora came up. That was one of the names that came up. And one thing led to another. I go to the factory and I'm, I went there with a premeditated approach, knowing what I was looking for. I wanted to complete that one blend that I wanted to create. And they introduced me. It was on one of the, I've taken many, many trips there. It's, it's so funny, right? Uh, in, in, oh God, if I posted every trip I've taken, it would be living in Miami. You know, it's a perk. It's freaking right there. Hour and 20 right. minutes. <laughs> um, on one of the trips I went down there, I saw a leaf I actually went wandering and I saw one of the girls deveining tobacco leaves, the wrapper. And I looked at this wrapper and I just was blown away by the look of it. It's just a medium shade. I wanted to create a Habano natural, Puro, finder filler wrapper. But the the thing I was missing was the wrapper. And now that I'm in a new country, I'm trying to think Dominican instead of Honduran. I saw this wrapper beautiful color. I thought it was a Habana 2000 because it had a little bit of a reddish hue to it. And uh, I come to find out it was a a Corojo seed grown in the Sabal Valley. And I'm like, wait, Corojo? Really? Sabal? Like Dominican Republic? There's so much propaganda being done for Corojos outside of the DR that, you know, it's like if I say San Andres, what's the first thing you think of? Mexico, right? Um, when I when I saw this wrapper, I sat down with Manuel Noah and we started talking about a blend. And he knew right off the bat. And he had been sitting on tobaccos for a couple of years with the idea of creating a puro, a Dominican puro. And lo and behold, about a year later, that cigar came to life, and when I tried it, I was just blown away. I couldn't believe it was a Dominican puro. Binder filler wrapper, 100% Dominican. My dream of making a puro, Antoine, was because if you look at Cuban cigars, what are they? They're puros. Mm-hmm. If you look at all Cuban cigars, they're in high demand. The entire world wants them. You know, oh, if, uh, I'll, I'll settle for Nicaragua if I can't get a Cuban. I'll settle for Honduran if I... 
And I, I never understood that whole concept of old world and new world. I'm, no, that's bullshit. Old world, new world. It's 2023. Delete. Press delete. <laughs> and, and we got to think of cigar manufacturing like who's working with the best tobaccos and putting out the best cigars today. Doesn't matter what happened in the past. That's the past. And we saw the acquisitions taking place the past year. Mm-hmm. We saw Habanos, you know, obviously the people of Cuba were affected by hurricanes as well. That's a terrible thing. Shortage in cigars, cigar manufacturing, factories closing, reopening. And our company works with 47 small distributors around the world. And they like our core line. They like the Connecticut, the San Andres. They like the Sumatra. They do well with them. But I've always had this thing of I want to build a reputation for making a fantastic puro outside of Cuba. And that's the cigar that we created. It's the Series L Natural. The L is the Roman numeral for the number 50, which is me turning 50. It was kind of a celebratory cigar. I turned 50. I'm now I'm, I'm headed downhill. <laughs> and it's just a cigar that you can have any time of day. Everyone always says, oh, early morning coffee, I'll have a Connecticut. This cigar you can have all day long, morning, afternoon, lunch, after a steak, after fish, after chicken. It works well with everything. You can pair it with rum. You can pair it with a Chardonnay. You can pair it. It's a phenomenal cigar because it's not overpowering. It's got strength. It's got complexity, it's got balance, but it's not overpowering in the way that it's going to conflict with anything that you pair it with. Um, and we created that cigar, and it's um, – I hate I don't go into sales. I think it's kind of like braggadocious, but it's been doing very well. Um, we, we need to get more product in the U.S. Uh, otherwise, in about a month, we will have problems, you know. We don't do back orders either. Uh, as a company, we have a reputation for only offering what is in stock. I don't know if that clicks with you. Um, we don't do pre-orders. Oh, man, that's different. Yeah, we, we don't. Like So we might have a blend coming out in July. We don't do pre-orders. When the shipment lands and it's in our warehouse... Then we send out an email saying, our shipment has arrived. We can now take your orders. And we do that for two reasons, because we don't like taking people's money beforehand. Mm-hmm. And number two is we don't like keeping people waiting. The suspense is really, I think it's overdone. It's you know, if, if you build up a hype and then the cigar arrives and it's not that amazing, then I think well, yeah, it's like I think the industry has always had that issue where you'll see a press release come out and it'll be like, you know, I think they're getting a little bit better where they're at least saying a lot of the companies like the cigar will be out next month or something like that. But there's still companies that are sometimes like it'll be out this fall and you're like, when in the fall? <laughs> and then you have to like you you wait and then it's like the summer when they say this and then, you know, the sample that you might have, you know. Yes. During the summer, it's completely different from the cigar that ends up coming out in the fall or the winter. And so there is a lots of – that's a whole show within itself. It's like everything wrong in the cigar industry. Um, we could have a, like a whole hour conversation about that. I wouldn't say wrong. 
I think pe people are in sales cycles are key. You know, meeting your monthly expenses are key. You have to get creative. Um, we had that conversation today with one of our brands that we manufacture. Uh, they wanted to start taking pre-orders, and I said, we don't do that. I said, if you'd like, you could establish your own company, and you can take your own pre-orders. But don't let that shadow cast on us because, God forbid, if you don't deliver in three months, it takes nine months to get the order in. I don't want that backlash on us because I hear the backlash. One of the things that our retailers know is that we don't open more accounts than we can uh, supply. It's quite a very simple business model. So we estimate that every account we supply is going to order every six months, every six weeks, I'm sorry. Six to eight weeks is when they usually reorder or they need to restock. There's two things we don't do. We don't oversell any account. We don't want product to sit there for six months. They don't run, as Abe DeBubney once told me, I don't run a fucking museum, he said. <laughs> sorry, excuse the bad word. No, it's good. I hope this is adults only, right? <laughs> I'll never forget what he told me. He's like, look, Gabby, I don't run a museum. I said, I get that. I respect that, I said. So we like to sell what they need, uh, not what they want. A lot of times they're trying to see if they can get a deal if they buy bulk, but that just reduces our value. And when you're a boutique cigar manufacturer, value is where it's at. You got to be lean. You got to watch your overhead. You got to offer a great product at a phenomenal price. And um, so, two things we don't do: we don't take pre-orders, and we don't take, we don't open any accounts that we can't afford to to stock frequently. Um, I hate back orders. I I, I dread back orders. Um, they they literally hang right there. <laughs> That's a back order that, that we have. And uh, that one will get filled in about 10 days. But yeah, I'm not a fan of, it doesn't make sense. A lot of times when you have a back order, you ship it out and the customer's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> right. Well, they ordered it. Yeah, Jim, you ordered that in January. Well, fucking it's April. What the fuck are you shipping me? <laughs> so it's pretty cool, man. Being small has its perks. It does have its perks. I want to, to wrap up this part of the interview um, with two questions. I always had two questions in 2022, and I decided to kind of change them up just a little bit for 2023. So you're the first person to kind of get some of these questions. So um, the first of these questions, the first question is, do you have a philosophy that you live by? Wow, that's incredible philosophy that I live by. So I'm trying to decipher my daily habits and versus a philosophy. A philosophy is a very deep approach to my existence, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people will kind of lean towards using the word karma as being a philosophy to live by, but you, that old saying, you reap what you sow, uh, same as, you know, if you if you want to be treated with respect, you give respect. If you want to be treated with love, you give love. And me being in the cigar industry, my I've been very isolated. 
I'm, I'm trying to keep this, not just me as the person, but as the businessman, as the cigar maker, having certain limitations where I, you know, I can't get in my car now and drive to lounge and hang out. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to drive at night. Um, supposed to, we'll keep that a secret. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, life is about if, if it's, it's like, you know, when you give, if, if, if you give from the heart, that old biblical saying, what the right hand does, the left doesn't know about. So if I do charity with my right hand, it's going to come back tenfold with the left. Mm-hmm. But I kind of live life not premeditated, but I have learned in my 50 years that it's that energy that you possess that really gives you that inner peace um, to focus on the good things. And when you own a business or you run a home or a family or you have children or you have whatever world you're in, it's your inner philosophy that transmits energy to everything that you do. Um, I've got close friends of mine that say everything I touch turns to gold. Little do they know that the sacrifices that have gone into making that possible. And even though in their eyes it looks like gold, to me, I'm just getting started. There's no, there's no, I don't think in life you ever win. Does that make sense? I don't think the day ever comes where it's like, congratulations, you won. Woo-hoo! But no. I feel like it, when you win, you're, you're, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really is a, my philosophy on life is just that energy, man, what you put out, what you get back. A lot of times we're misunderstood. A lot of times people take a snippet of what I said or and maybe drag it out because if you got a problem with me, pick up the phone, call me. Some of the most, What's the word? This is what sucks about having English as your third language, right? You're trying to find the word. Some of the most controversial cigar makers in our industry, people that you would think I would, like we would strangle each other to death. We're we're best friends, man. Mm -hmm. Because I'll give you, and this is not that person, but I have a lot of respect for Skip Martin. I could see how he's so set in his ways that it's either his way or the highway, but he's a man on a mission, right? So I'm in the DR. I check into the hotel. You know how it is. You're in a fucking foreign country. You check into the hotel. You're like, what do I do tonight? In comes Skip Martin. I'm having dinner. I'm like, holy shit, what a great surprise. It's the first time we meet in person, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a great time talking about cigars, about tobacco, about the industry, about the problems in the industry, about what the industry needs to do. And I would say you would, if if you ask a lay person, if you think Skip Martin and I would hit it off that good, they'd probably say no. But you've got to give people a chance. You've got to hear them out. Because at the end of the day, what you find is that There's a reason why people are where they're at. 
first and foremost, it's humility. When, when you're humble, you're receptive to what others have to say. You're receptive to other people's feelings because you want to make sure that you respect that individual. The, the greatest way to show respect is to be humble. It's the greatest way to show respect. It's not to go up to someone and say, hey, I respect you. Bullshit. Shut the fuck up, listen, hear them out, and understand where they're coming from. And I think that's a really good winning philosophy to have in life. Because I've witnessed firsthand humility opens all doors. So in the front end, you want to be humble uh, in order to receive. And on the back end, you want to definitely be grateful. Those are two things that I live by. Is I don't take anything for granted. I'm grateful for all the people that have helped me to get to where I'm at today. You know, I called Manueli Noah uh, during the new year. And I said, Manuel, I said, I want you to know something. I said, you saved my business. I said, you and La Aurora Cigars Factory saved my business. I thank you. My family thanks you. And we wouldn't be where we are today without them. And I think that's what builds strong relationships. And that's what builds platforms and foundations for growth. So that's my philosophy, Antoine. That's a great question, man. And I want to finish with this question. And it's probably like the simplest question, but it I'll be interested to see how you interpret it. But I want you to finish this sentence. Dr. Gabby Caffey is... Crazy. <laughs> 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 it's crazy. <laughs> but you could just delete this entire interview because I am I am fucking nuts. You got to be nuts to do what I do. You you got to be you know what it is? It's it comes from a place of love and passion and people uh, throw around the term passion. But as a cigar maker that's dedicated my life to making premium cigars 100% since July 7, 2013, all in. How many cigar makers, and I don't mean to say this in a way of disrespecting maybe somebody's financial situation or maybe the fact that they have other commitments, but if you want to be great at something, you have to do it 100%. Because mm -hmm. if, you, if you put in part-time, you're going to get part-time. And you, you got people that want to put in part-time, but they want to receive full-time. They never will receive full-time. Now, what's interesting is I'm happy working full-time and receiving part-time. That's the fucked up thing about me. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really happy working three, four times as hard as I need to work to get half the results of all the other companies that are out there. Because I'm first generation. I'm self-financed. I'm self-funded. I'm like very rare stories that you see of people actually continuing to improve in our industry, climbing the ladder of quality. I'm not saying success. I'm saying climbing the ladder of quality. My, my pursuit for quality never ends. And that's why we're still in business today. Great. Can you tell people, I know that there's a, a link on the screen for those people who are watching, but can you tell people what website and social media that they, uh, can follow in order to kind of keep up with you and your brand? So, uh, cafecigars.com, K A F I E, 
um, Facebook, Instagram, Cafe 1901 Cigars. I'll be honest, we're starting to build a YouTube page. Everything is Cafe 1901. Uh, Google my ass. If you see a phone number, call me. I'll answer. Well, no, not, not technically Google my ass. Google Gabby <laughs> Cafe. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm easy to reach. I'm easy. One of the things with the BCA that I want you all to know is that we give a lot of advice to people people that are getting into the business, the industry are in it. We're trying to figure stuff out. We're not saying we figured it out, but we know where to get the answers. And um, don't be afraid. You can go to boutiquecigarassociation.com. You can join. Uh, we're actually working with a few uh, major trade shows, uh, TPE being one of them, having a pavilion next year, uh, PCA, Intertobacco. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, just as we saw a craft beer movement 20 years ago that is now 6,000 companies strong, uh, we don't ever think that there's going to be 6,000 cigar companies out there in the boutique cigar world, but we do see the number growing, and uh, the only way it's going to continue growing is having us all come together and forming a lobby association to help keep the feds off of our back, the FDA specifically. But yeah, man, thank you very much. Uh, reach out to me. Send me a private message on Instagram or Facebook. I'm, I usually respond. Uh, info at cafecigars.com is my personal email. But thank you very much, Anton. This was fantastic. I'm not ending the interview, but this was really good, man. You asked me a couple of questions that I wasn't ready for, but I am 100% content with the response 